Voices of Simsis is the podcast of the Symbolic Systems Program at Stanford University. Each episode, you'll hear from a student, faculty, or alumnus related to symbolic systems, which is the interdisciplinary study of the relationship between minds, machines, and the world. Today's guest is Makiko Fujimoto, a symbolic systems alumna who graduated in 2014. She'll be interviewed by Levi Lian, a current student, about her upbringing as a third culture kid always on the move, the decision of choosing symbolic systems as her major, and her reflections on her academic milestones. I'm Jenny Z, an advising fellow of the Symbolic Systems Program, and this is Voices of Simsis. So a little bit background information uh, for our audience. Uh, Makiko Fujimoto, I think you graduated uh, in 2014 with a BS and 2015 with an MS uh, in CS in human-computer interaction. And later on, uh, since then you've been at Apple and uh, working on uh, computer vision as an, enge- an engineering program manager and right now as a senior engineering program manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, can you just share a little bit about like what brought you to the time when, when you thought that, okay, census is my major, I needed to make the decision of choosing census? Sure. So I think I came in, I think, as many undergrads at Stanford do, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I really liked biology. I liked um, psychology. There was a lot of interests. Um, and so I started off by taking several biology or human biology classes. But then as I finished, um, as I was finishing up my freshman year, I got introduced to CS 106A. Um, I'd never done any computer science before, and I just found that class fascinating because a lot of the kind of problem-solving skills were things that, yeah, it was just pretty exciting um, that I could build something with just a few lines of code. And then around the same time, I took a linguistics class. Um, I'm bilingual, I'm Japanese, but I grew up in um, LA and a bunch of different places, went to international school, so I'm pretty bilingual. And as a result, I've always just had an interest in languages. And so I took a very interesting linguistics class and I kind of wanted to take more classes. So I had started sophomore year being like, I want to take a little more computer science, even though I'm not sure if I want to 100% you know, do CS as a degree. I like linguistics, I've always liked psychology. And as I was trying to, to f- figure out what I wanted to declare, because you have to declare in sophomore year, um, mm-hmm. I ran into census. And it bas- I just first chose it because it was three out of it, the four, of the four core parts of census, I was already interested in three. So right. it just made a lot more sense for me to do that as opposed to, like I took the Humbio core for a one quarter and it, it didn't really click with me. So mm-hmm. I after my I think winter quarter, I decided to just declare a census and see if I liked philosophy, which was the last part remaining. And it turns out I did like it. So that's kind of my history. Wow. We're <laughs> really happy that everything worked out and everything fitted so well. So you yeah. touch a little bit about your um, moving around as a child uh, in so many different places. I think uh, you, you were born in Japan and later on you went to Thailand for mm-hmm. um, high school yeah so yeah. do you think that part of your background made you like more willing to take risks um on a major because i think mm-hmm. right now at stanford people do think like computer science is a safe major or maybe um, chemistry or biology but symbolic system 
and they never heard of it coming to Stanford, and they even need to convince their parents that this is a valid major. So, like, yeah. how do you think that kind of past uh, of your personal history relate to your decision making? Sure. So, I do think, yeah, it definitely made me kind of well. So, I think one part was. I made a conscious decision in junior year to mm -hmm. attend a university in America as opposed to a university in Japan. And when I made that decision, uh, my rationale was I don't want to be stuck doing like a very safe major. So, you know, mm -hmm. if I'd gone to Japan, I probably would have been pre-med. Um, but then by coming to the States, I, I wanted to, I, went, I chose a liberal art college and I wanted to explore like what I could do. Um, luckily, I didn't have to do the convince my parents part um, because they were pretty, they were pretty, you know, chill with me doing whatever I wanted, but I, I've, I knew I needed to kind of take as much advantage of the American college system as I could. And since this just, it was super interdisciplinary, it just kind of screamed to me, this is like a very typical, not typical, but this is a very American type thing that is not really possible anywhere else. And so I figured, you know, I, I trust Stanford. I trust that if I do this degree, it'll give me some useful skills and I can mm -hmm. probably apply it somehow. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's wonderful. So, so actually, like, uh, I think it's only recently that I heard this description of Simpsons. People say it's the Silicon Valley version of a liberal arts degree. Ah. <laughs> that's what they call the Simpsons major. I think. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah. So, so what's like your personal take on the major? Like, how would you describe this in one or two sentences? Ooh, one or two sentences. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let me think. Well, one way I used to describe it is it, you can make it as easy or as hard as you want to make it. Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's a major for people who want to push themselves because I think it's easy to, you know, you, you can kind of cruise if you wanted to. The major is so flexible that I think if you, you know, picked and choose in like the easiest classes, you can still get a degree in Simpsons and you can have a pretty good time. But I think what happens is a lot of the Simpsons folks, they really are thinking about what do I want out of Stanford and really picking and choosing whatever they want and creating their own Stanford experience the best they can. And so that's the way I see it. Like the people I know in Simpsons are very, you know, self-motivated, mm -hmm. intellectually curious, not necessarily doing stuff for, you know, like a CS degree or whatever. I mean, not, not to, not to hate on CS people. Like I think, you know, if you like CS and that's the path you go, you can do a lot of cool things there. Right. But a lot of the Simpsons folks I've seen are like, hey, I like CS, but I also want to, you know, learn a little bit more about the human cognition or, hey, I like language. Um, but, you know, I'm also interested in CS. What can I do with these two interests? Marry them together. So, yeah, just more intellectual curiosity, I guess. Mm, I see. Yeah. So imagine very curious. What's the reputation of Simpsons back then when you were at Stanford? Like, do you feel any kind of peer pressure? Like when people ask, like, what's your major? And you say, I'm, I'm Simpsons. And then you need to go on to explain what Simpsons is. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it wasn't that minor. Maybe mm -hmm. it was when Instagram was just getting started. And right. so one of the founders of Instagram, I think, was a Simpsons uh, graduate, I think. Right. And there was just a lot of buzz going around that, mm -hmm. oh, there are like smart Simpsons people out there. Um, apparently, I still remember, I think it was junior year. So it was like after I declared, but someone apparently, I forgot. Was it Mark Zuckerberg? Someone stopped by the virtual uh, human lab that Jeremy Bainlison has. Um, and I, I think Todd, you know, tells the story a lot that he said, <laughs> these people are the smartest people I've ever met. 
Mm. And he kind of, you know, used that as like, yo, yeah, this is a, like a legit degree. Um, it's not just for people messing around. It's, and right. I, yeah, it wasn't, it was pretty popular, I think. I see. Yeah, it's actually yeah. like people do talk about like Ray Hoffman and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Meyer, like those mm. people who have uh, done Simpsons degree at Stanford and right now they're doing yeah. amazing things. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I, I can totally see that. Um, so what, who did you usually hang out with as a census major? Like, mm -hmm. do you usually hang out with like census, uh, other census people or like is your friend group totally different? My friend group ended up being pretty different. So this is what I tell folks that, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone did a different major. I had, I did have a friend who was in census mm. who did a very different concentration. I think he was doing, I think he was doing artificial intelligence and my concentration was cognitive science. So I was doing more psychology related stuff. So we were actually the only ones that had the same major. Everyone else was like, I had a friend who was in CS, friend in English, bio, hum bio, like anthro, just a huge range. So when we all hung out, it wasn't necessarily about work. So I had different kind of, you know, PSAT buddies or test studying buddies. And so those were like different folks. But my closest friends, I think we're all very, yeah, we're pretty diverse. I see. So what's the hardest thing about doing census back then? Like, do, do you feel like, uh, like, at least to me, I feel like there are too many choices <laughs> when I'm doing this, and I don't know what yeah. to use. I feel like there's a, like a, a, there's a lot of breadth, but not much depth. Like, I don't mm -hmm. really know what I wanted to focus on. Like, do yeah. you, you have this kind of emotion going on, lingering on your mind at that time? Mm -hmm. I do agree that it, yeah, you're, it gives you a lot of breadth, but not much depth. And I think that's where the whole personal, like how much you want to develop comes in. So mm -hmm. I think for me, I saw it as, Senses as a way to just first figure out what's going on in terms of breath. Like I got to, I had no idea what CS was, but mm -hmm. I had a decent enough foundation for that. You know, uh, got to do a little bit of psychology, a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of linguistics. And by the time I was wrapping up my major, that's when I realized, oh, hey, actually, I think I need to get a little bit deeper into computer science mm -hmm. so that for me it was, you know, I could have a degree and stay in the country longer, but also just like I felt like that was a little bit more tangible. And so that's when I got a little bit deeper into my uh, master's in computer science. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, actually, I know other people, I think there's like two types of ways you can approach Simpsons. One is you see it as just, I want to try everything, see what I like, and then figure out a way to go deeper in it later. Because, you know, it's never too late to learn other stuff. If you, if you really want to, you could get a master's in it, you could get a PhD in it. It's, when you're at Stanford, might as well just explore and do it that way. But then I saw another group of kind of the more core people who just, right. you know, they just wanted to go deep into one specific topic. And they hated that, you know, for example, CS made you take like, uh, like physics and right. like math and a bunch of other stuff and chemistry. Like, why would you need chemistry for CS? And so they used like Simpsons as a way to, you know, they may, may have twisted a couple of requirements here and there and just accomplish what they wanted to do with Simpsons. I so see. yeah, I kind of see those like two, two buckets. I was the former, just like try everything, see what mm -hmm. I like. So you're right that I do still have a little bit of complex that, you know, I'm not as deep into one specific area as the rest, but my job as a program manager right now is like the strength is that I understand everything mm -hmm. on a high level and can connect the dots. So it ended up being a plus for me in that sense. I see. 
Yeah, so I did some research in your background. I noticed how you actually did uh, bioax research at, oh, yeah. at Dr. Grossbacher's uh, Vision and Perception Neuroscience Lab. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, do you think like that part of experience, especially doing research in one specific domain area, going mm -hmm. deep, maybe for just for the summer, actually mm -hmm. help you figure out if you like something or not? So that actually complemented like the breaths Simpsons had by yeah. actually doing something really deep. Yeah, I think so. I didn't end up going down the like psychology mm -hmm. research path, mm -hmm. but I think what I learned from that experience, because I actually ended up um, working under her for two summers. Mm -hmm. So first it was sponsored by BioX, and then second it was sponsored by some other, <laughs> man, I'm gonna get in trouble, but like some mm -hmm. other is mm -hmm. being sponsored me to do research at her lab. And I, had, mm -hmm. I was working in her lab all of my time at Stanford. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the Kelly is great. Actually, and my honors thesis was under her as well. So oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's great. Uh, but let me think. Your original question was about research, right? So right. I think the level of rigor and attention to detail and kind of chasing that one problem down and doing analysis down to a T, mm -hmm. yeah, helped me. It didn't directly help me because I didn't end up doing academia, but it really helped me kind of, yeah, stay persistent and kind of chase down one path for mm -hmm. as long as I was, as long as I wanted to, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. In that sense, yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. I see. Speaking of your honors research, because you won the, uh, the Reputable Firestone Medal for uh, Excellence in Undergraduate <laughs> Research. Yeah. So can, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I mean, like, um, for, for a synthesis major, I, I would expect more breadth rather than like going really deep in one mm -hmm. subject area. But you actually uh, turned out you did really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was... So yeah, I do, yeah, I did explain the breath thing, but just personality-wise, I, I don't like giving up. So I like mm -hmm. sticking with something until I'm, I'm like satisfied with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So with uh, Kalani, uh, Dr. Girl Spector's lab, it was, yeah, I had started doing just like bits and pieces here and there. And then mm -hmm. around junior year, or like my sophomore year summer was when I started doing like the main research that ended up turning into my thesis. Mm. And so I'd done so much research, I'd done so much analysis, I'd spent so much time at the lab, and I wanted to just wrap it up and make it, like, and complete what I had been pushing through. So mm. I actually had a really easy time writing the thesis. I know a lot of folks oh. struggle in their senior right. year to do the research and, you know, put everything together and then get it proofed and whatever. But for me, most of it was done by junior year. Mm. So by senior year, it was a matter of like everything was there. It was just a matter of could I push it through to the finish line and, you know, write a thesis about it. And yeah, it, uh, that's kind of how that thesis happened. And I don't, it just, yeah, it just kind of naturally happened. It's weird to say, but it was a culmination of my fuzzy interests in sophomore year or freshman year, sophomore year, becoming more concrete junior year. And then by senior year, even though I knew that, okay, academia was fun, but it's not my path but I do want to finish it up. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how it turned into the thesis. And I'm, I'm obviously Kalani and everyone in the lab helped me throughout the way and made it, made it nice and turned it from a really rough just research into the thesis it turned out to be, so. I see. Because I think the topic of, the, of, of your research was on, on eye movements and mm -hmm. how they related to feature view and task-specific uh, yeah. ideas. So, so like, I, I think right now you're also working on computer vision. So like, Mm -hmm. you intentionally choose this field just because you you, you know like you you were good at it and you were yeah. passionate about it back then or mm -hmm. like it, it, there's like more intentional intentionality 
that mm -hmm. goes in with it. Yeah. I mean, like, actually, so by the time this podcast goes out, I'll be working at a different company. Oh. can't say it yet. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, well, I can probably, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know later where I ended up. Uh, I just don't want to say it because I haven't gone there yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, and they, yeah, they don't do computer vision. So, I, again, I'm kind of going down another random breath mm -hmm. path. But you're right that the first step, I think, when I was doing kind of the cognition, perception, that kind of stuff, anything remotely related to that was interesting to me. So that's kind of how I found the internship and then it turned into a full-time position. So mm, I see. Yeah. So actually few majors have ultimate questions that students set out to answer or attempt to answer. So like in Simpsons, we actually ask those big questions like, can machines think? What is mm -hmm. information? What is intelligence? How are they related? Yeah. Is mm -hmm. the world a creation of mind? And does intelligence require consciousness? Um, but however, like, like Simpsons asks those really specific questions and approach them from various means and perspectives from psychology, philosophy, and computer science. So I was wondering, how has this approach influenced your worldview and also like how, how you work on different things? Because it's really approaching a subject from like a high level perspective, right? Answering those big questions by taking small steps one at a time and also doing incremental research. Mm -hmm. Lots of stuff to unpack there. So I think overall, what I loved about Simsys was approaching one topic from multiple views, mm. right? I think that was, that was always a way of thinking that I liked, you know, as a third culture kid, as a mm -hmm. person who's been to multiple countries and seen multiple cultures and how you approach one subject is not just one size fits all. The fact that we could apply that to yeah, intellectual studies was, was super cool. You know, mm. you just, people would just be like, oh yeah, no, computer science, computer science. The way we approached it was, oh, it's a tool to, what can we do with it? Um, can machines think? Like, and then kind of approaching it reverse, cognitive science. How can we apply machine type, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Just, just like things about the machines to human cognition. So just being able to constantly flip my mind and approach the same subject in multiple ways kind of kept me on my toes and it was like fun honestly mm -hmm. it was it was just fun to think about it from multiple perspectives and i think how it related to how it impacted just yeah higher world view maybe one thing is just i mean i'm not so one thing is i'm kind of frustrated when things are just taken just the way they are Mm -hmm. I think so like, you know, in my job or in other things where you're told to do one thing a certain way, I always have that nagging like, but why? And like, can we understand why we're doing this in my head? So I think that's one thing that will like keep, keep going on like wherever you go just because we had that background of like, hey, always ask the questions for, but, but why? Or like, but is there a different way of thinking about it?